Welcome to worship this morning. It's very good to be with you all once again here in the house of the Lord to worship him today, to receive his gifts of word and sacrament that he has planned and prepared for us. Let's stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them to church today. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Christat, Missouri. I am Scott George, your announcer for this fifth Sunday in Lent. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message, assisting in the worship service. So organist Susan Seniger and acolyte Sadie Bennett and Vanson Manning. The radio broadcast is sponsored by Blake Stanford and right, Orville and Doris Meyer in memory of March 18th of birthday all, um, of Ernest Langer. Today is the last day, if you would like to still order an Easter lily for Easter, today is the last day in order to do that, because we need to get those uh, ordered tomorrow. They are $10. Uh, if you would like to do that, please contact June or Grace, uh, if you would like to donate uh, an Easter lily for our worship and our Easter season. 
Next, uh, the men's glee is going to be singing today. They're going to be singing a familiar hymn, Lamb of God, and they invite any men uh, who would like to sing with them today to go ahead and come on up uh, when the time comes to sing with them. That is the men's glee. Also, uh, for those who are in confirmation, I realized that I forgot to put out a fresh batch of sermon notes um, handout, so please just use the sermon notes section that is in the bulletin on the one, one of the last pages there, uh, and just do your best, and Pastor Jake will count it. So there, okay. Um, let's see, there was, oh, our Lenten service continues. Our last Wednesday night is this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. before we, we begin uh, with Holy Week next Sunday. Uh, so please make sure that you join us for that. And that, I believe, is all of our announcements for this morning. Let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for today. Lord, we thank you that it is by your Spirit that we have been called here to this time and place today. Not by accident or chance, but Lord, by your gospel. Uh, Lord, your gospel which teaches us that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so, Lord, as we worship you now, that we pray that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first hymn is two verses from God Loves Me Dearly. It's number 392. First two verses. make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I am a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, be gracious and merciful to me. 
Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given His only Son to die for us, and for His sake He forgives us all of our sins. To those who believe on His name, He gives power to become the children of God and has promised them His Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. I love the Lord because he has heard. Because he inclined his ear to me. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. Then I called on the name of the Lord. For you have delivered my soul from death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and in soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, where I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with with the house of Israel at that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because... They will all know me, from the, least of, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their weaknesses, and I will remember their sins no more. This is the word of our Lord. O oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. <clears throat> who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame.
We will not have special music provided to us by the man's glee. It's now time for all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Miss Hansen. Now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites as well.
I just want to say that was absolutely amazing having the younger voices with the older voices and how much it, it changes the whole aspect of the song and how excited everyone was to sing that. That was just beautiful. And more of you young guys next time need to get up there with them and sing. That was awesome. Okay, guys, I have some questions for you today, but you have to raise your hands, okay? And then I'm going to come over to you and, and you get to talk. How about that? I want to know what God gives you. He gives you life. He gives you salvation. He gives you food. He gives you clothes. Water. Parents. Arts. He died on the cross to take away our sins. Those are all awesome answers. Now, I want to ask you, what do you give to God? Love. Faith. Our life. Sin. What an awesome one. Sin. Do we give our sin to God? We should, right? Now, someone over here mentioned forgiveness of sins. Is that one of the things that God gives us? And why? How does he give us that? Died on the cross for our sins. Who did? Jesus. Good job. Now, I want to ask you another thing. Do you know, we talked about a few things that we give to God. Do you think God cares if we give him anything else besides our sin? Do we need to give our money to God? No. Because where do we really give that? Church, right? To pastor. We give it to pastor. <laughs> Good one. We give it to pastor. <laughs> so we give our money to the church and we use that money to pay our teachers and we use that money to pay our pastors and we use that money to further God's kingdom. We bought, we bought some Bibles recently, so we use some of that money to buy some new Bibles. But does God care if we give him anything? I want you to think about that for a second. Does God care if we give him anything? We give things to each other, we give things to the church, we give our time and we give our talents but does he care? Is there really anything we can give God that God needs? No, because he gives us everything we need. God gives us salvation. God gives us Jesus. God gives us our families and our homes and love and faith. God gives us everything that we need, but God doesn't need anything back from us. Isn't that amazing to think about that we don't have to do anything to get salvation and go to heaven someday. Do we have to do anything? No. Is it good to get baptized when you're babies? Is it good to get baptized when you're older? If you didn't get baptized when you're a baby? Sure, because that brings us into what? God's holy place. Into the kingdom of God, God's holy place. That's exactly right. But God gives us everything we need, and he needs nothing from us for us to go to heaven. Does that mean we should just forget about God and ignore God? 
No, we should not forget about God. And he wants us to love and take care of each other. Do you know that? That's right. So let's try to do that today. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for our church. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our school. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for everything you give us and everything we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The epistle lesson today comes from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as as for sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself, but he must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a priest. But God said to him, You are my son today. I have become your father. And he says this in another place. You are my priest forever, in order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his servant's submission, reverent submission. Although he was his son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of our Lord. The Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink, or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. 
These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the Gospel of our Lord. The sermon hymn is Drawn to the Cross, Which Thou Hast Blessed, hymn number 560 in the Lutheran Service Book. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is taken from the Old Testament lesson from Jeremiah that was just read. You want to have that in front of you because it will be referring to it as we go along here this morning. I did not know how the game worked, so I had to do what every Gen Xer has to do when they don't understand something from their past. They have to Google it. I had to look up how the game Let's Make a Deal worked, because I didn't know. So apparently how this game worked or works, because it's still on, is it kind of a new thing now, or did it get 
canceled? Anybody know? Is it still on? It's still on. Okay, good. Okay, okay. So apparently, the the gist of this of this game is that the host picks people from the crowd, and usually these people are dressed up in all these kind of wacky costumes and stuff. They pick people from the crowd in order to come down, and they have to decide which is going to be the best deal. They are shown something, right? And then they have to decide, well, do I want what could potentially be beyond the door? But, of course, they can't see what is beyond the door. And so in order for the deal to happen... They have to say, well, yes, I want to go ahead and chance it and see what's behind this door. Or they say, no, I'll just keep with whatever that I got, and that'll be fine. But what they don't know is is that if they chance it, they could very well get something that's really, really cool. Or, as I read, they could get something like a llama, which is really cool, but it's not like a Ferrari or or a car, right? So that's kind of how this game, Let's Make a Deal, works. When you and I go out to buy a car, we have to agree with the bank, usually. We have to agree that we will pay X amount of dollars for this car as long as you, the bank, give us money in order to purchase it from the dealership. The deal only works if the bank says what it's going to do and we say what it's going to do. And if neither one of us does what we say that we're going to do, then the deal falls apart. If some of you who are farmers say, well, I will help you out with this, okay, as long as you can help me out with this, well, if one or the other doesn't hold to that end of the bargain, then the relationship probably suffers going forward. Because every deal, every agreement that you and I are used to involves two people that are equal partners, and they have to be able to be willing to do what they say that they're going to do. And if they don't, then the deal or the arrangement or the agreement simply falls through. What is interesting about this text from Jeremiah is that as we are going to find out that this deal, this new covenant that God is making with his people, is a covenant that is one of unequal partners. And so let's look at that. Jeremiah chapter 31. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the greatest, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. And then finally, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. If you were to read this text in the Hebrew language, you would find that in verse 
31, as we said, this new covenant, this new deal with the house between the house of Israel and the house of Judah, between them and God, is a deal that is going to be different than the one that was before. This new deal, this new covenant, is one that is between unequal partners. God is literally setting the terms, his terms, for this new covenant. In verse 32, it's not going to be like the covenant that I made with their forefathers. The covenant that he is referring to is the Sinai covenant. Exodus 19, verse 5 says, Now if you obey me fully and keep, all of my, and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. The covenant at this time is written literally in stone. It is the Ten Commandments. And so God says, these are the ten ways for which you must follow in order to be my people. And if you can follow these ten commandments and do them in the way that I have laid out, God promises that you will be my treasured possession. You will be blessed because of it. And as we all know, this doesn't happen. Because shortly after this, the golden calf is made. And the people fall. And they fail. And the covenant is broken. And notice what God says here. He's very specific about this. It will not be like the the covenant that I made with them with the Ten Commandments. Which, by the way, they, they say... Scripture has them quoted as saying, we will follow what the Lord has said. It will not be like that one. When I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Yes, this is marriage language. The Israelites and the people of God are his bride. And God the Father is the bridegroom. And even though the bride, the Israelites, were unfaithful to their groom, God still says, I am going to make a new covenant with you and a new agreement. He goes on then in verse 33. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts I will be their God, and they will be my people. He's setting the terms. These are, as we said, the the two entities, the two parties in this new agreement are unequal parties. In effect, God says, I am going to give you everything. And you owe me nothing. Not a single thing. I'm going to give you everything, says God, and you owe me 
nothing. Again, if you were to read this in the, in the original Hebrew language, you will see here that it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. What the Hebrew is referring to is none other than the person of Jesus Christ. I will put my Savior, my Son, in their minds. I will write Him on their hearts. And you do not have to do anything. Because I will give this to you for free. This is the entire message of Lent. We are just about done with Lent. Lent, uh, Holy Week starts next week with Palm Sunday. There is a reason why you and I confess every Sunday morning something to the effect of, and I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all of my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your punishment. You are a poor, miserable sinner. And me. There is absolutely nothing in this world that you can offer to God that will make him happy. There is nothing. No sacrifice, no, uh, no amount of times coming to church, no, no good days or bad days. There is absolutely nothing that you can do in this arrangement, in this agreement. That's why it, it is an agreement with unequal partners. Because you and I are in no way equal to God. At all. And so God says, I am going to make, since you can't, since you can't keep this covenant, these ten commandments, I am going to make a new agreement with you. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that arrangement. He is the fulfillment of that agreement. We have been found, as the people of God, we have been found wanting. If we were left to our own, to bring about our own salvation, imagine if we were the ones who set the terms of this arrangement, of this new covenant. We, we simply couldn't do it. Because you and I both know that the moment that we walk outside of these doors, heck, even when we are inside of this sanctuary, we sin. Unfortunately for many of us, we're going to go outside of these doors and just live life in the exact same way that we've been living before we came. That's the truth. That's the hard, honest truth. And that is the entire purpose and the message of Lent and Holy Week that is to come next week. That you are a poor, miserable, worthless, wretched creature of God, and so am I. And we have absolutely nothing that we can offer Him. Well, there's one thing, actually. Miss Hansen hit on it. You give Him your sin. You give him your brokenness. You give him your wretchedness. You give him all of those times in which you have broken the Eighth Commandment, whether in word or in deed, whether in our thoughts or something else. 
You give him all of those times for which you have not kept him, number one, in your life. You give it all to him. You give it all to his son. And he crucifies it there. And he kills it there. And in return, we receive his perfect righteousness. We are covered by his blood. I want to read to you from a couple of different passages. First from Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. It says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and the wind, our sin, sweeps us away. Because we are sinful, because we are bound to die, there is nothing that we can do. Even, even the good that we do, Isaiah compares it to that of filthy rags, because really that's what it is. Even the good things that we do are not enough. They are not good enough. Paul speaks about this as well in Romans chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. He says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. The only thing that we have to offer God is our sin. And he takes it. And he takes it willingly. You see, we have nothing to offer God because as the Apostle Paul says in Romans, that we, are, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. And dead people can do nothing. They can't do good things. They, they cannot do anything. They need something from the outside for which to make them alive. And that is what Christ has done for you and for me. This is the entire purpose and the message of Lent. If you haven't remembered any of my other sermons in the past, that's fine, okay? I don't remember half of them, okay? But remember this, the entire purpose and the message of these 40 days is to make you and I realize that we are poor, wretched, sinful creatures who are loved by an incredible God. Without condition, without any merit or worthiness in us, and yet he loves us anyway. Not just you and I, but people outside of these walls. I was reminded just this last week, oh, Stephen Hawking died, right? Stephen Hawking died. He probably wasn't, I mean, we don't know this for sure, but he probably was not a believer. Probably not. And I, I, I read something this last week that just struck me and hit home so much. It said... For God does not delight in the death 
of sinners, but that they would turn from their ways and live. When Stephen Hawking died, when people who are outside of these walls who do not believe in Christ, when they die, God is not happy about that. He's weeping about it. He is crying about it. That is the amount of love, the incredible love of the God that we serve and the God that we have. He took all of your brokenness, all of your sin, yours and mine, and he put it upon himself and he crucified it there and he willingly had his own father turn his back on him. And he died. That is the message of Lent. That there is nothing that you or I can do to earn or merit the forgiveness or the love of God, but he does it simply because he is God. Let me read that again from our text from Jeremiah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God is not leaving anything for chance. They, w- they will be my people. I will be their God. Why? Because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I don't know about you, but who's ready for Easter? I am. I think I did this last year too, but I'm going to do it again this year. If you have friends, if you have family that do not yet know Jesus, you have two times every year that is really not an awkward time to invite those people to church. Easter is one of them. Christmas Eve is the the second one. So let's do it. Invite them. Think of someone, at least one person, whether it's family or friends, and invite them. And let's fill this church on Sunday, April 1st. Oddly enough, April Fool's Day. Because everybody needs to know this. Because everybody needs to know that they have a God and a Savior and and a Lord that loves them so much that he has forgiven their sins, that he has forgiven their iniquity. And what does it say there at the end? And has remembered their sins no more. What was dead, you and I, Jesus, what was once dead has been brought to life. The world needs to know this. Our community needs to know this. That he came and he lived and he died for you and me. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we ask that you would help us by your Spirit to invite those who do not yet know you as their Lord and Savior to come to worship on Easter Sunday. Heck, that they might even come next Sunday. Lord we, Lord, we thank you that even though we sin and we break your law and we break your covenant so many times, that you continue to pursue us, that you continue to look out 
for us, and you continue by your Spirit to bring us home and to bring us back to you. Lord, it is impossible for our small minds to be able to comprehend this incredible thing and this great love. But Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, if there is anything that, that we can give to you, it is simply our thanks. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for not just us, but for all people so that everyone may look upon the cross of Jesus and look upon his empty tomb and live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We recite together the words of our Christian faith. This morning we do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out the, the red sign-in book that is in each of your pews. Those of you who receive it on the window sides, please send it back towards the aisle so that the ushers can, I'm sorry, so that the elders can pull, the, pull off those top sheets uh, at the end of our service. We collect our tithes and offerings. Jesus, directed by Lori Evett.
stand. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember. First, for those who are on our health list, from Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, and Lauren Barnes. Also, prayers for Bob Hurdy, who was taken to the hospital on Thursday, and he has pneumonia and was admitted, so we will pray for him. Also, for Clarence Nelson, who suffered a heart attack yesterday and is at Cox South in Springfield. Also, uh, for the family of Isaiah Vesey. Um, Isaiah is the father of Gabriella James, who passed away last evening due to cancer, and so we, we will keep, uh, we will keep uh, his family in our prayers as well. We go to our Lord, oh, uh, and uh, a anniversary to celebrate as well. Uh, Glennon and Carolyn Cly Baker will celebrate 39 years of marriage on March the 24th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, because that's really all that we have, is to give you our thanks. Lord, to give you our sins each and every day. And Lord, we, we thank you that on the tree, over 2,000 years ago, Lord, that you crucified it there. That you crucified our sins there. And Lord, you instead gave to us your perfect righteousness. Lord, we thank you for this glorious Exchange. We thank you for this message of Lent, which teaches us every year, and Lord, and Lord, uh, uh, Lord, willing that it would teach us every day that we that we have absolutely nothing to offer you, Lord, except our sins. And Lord, we pray that you would graciously receive our thanks, our thanks not only for us but for those who are outside of these walls. Lord, we know that you love and have loved everyone. Everyone is your child, Lord. And Lord, we ask that as we prepare for Palm Sunday, as we prepare for Easter, that you would help us in heart, mind, and soul to meditate upon these words, that, that you so loved the world that you sent your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the school that we have. Lord, this school that you have so graciously given to us for all of these years that has taught this message. 
that has taught this gospel truth. And we pray that more and more families would come to a saving knowledge of this truth, that Jesus is Lord, that he is Savior, that he is Messiah, and Lord, that he is Lord over their lives and that he loves them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the nation and the world that we live in. We pray, Lord, that where there is unrest, that there would be peace. Lord, where there is hunger, that you would feed. Lord, uh, where we where there are difficulties, Lord, of whatever level, Lord, we ask that, that you would send to uh, those folks and to those places an extra measure of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And Lord, we we um, also pray for all of our leaders and for all of those who make and govern and establish the laws of this land. And we pray that you would give us faithful and wise leaders, Lord, that are faithful to you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for all those that we know who do not yet know you as their Lord and Messiah. Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to invite them, Lord, not just on Easter, but to continually invite them to worship with us so that we might have the opportunity to know them, so that they would have the opportunity to know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray especially for all those that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray, Lord, especially for those that are helpless, for Bob, for Clarence, and for Isaiah's family. Lord, we pray that you would wrap them with your loving arms, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit they may know the peace that surpasses all their minds can do. And Lord, that, that where there is hurt, that you would bring healing. And Lord, we pray also for all those that we name before you who are suffering in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Hey, Father, we also give you thanks today for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. Lord, we especially give you thanks for Glennon and for Carolyn, who will celebrate 39 years of marriage on the 24th. We pray, Lord, that you would help them to remain faithful to the vows that they have taken before one another and before you. And Lord, we thank you that you have sustained them thus far in their marriage. We pray that in this next year, that, you, that your face would continually shine upon them. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray now uh, that as we approach your table this day to receive your very body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, we pray, Lord, that we would receive it in faith. And Lord, help us to know that, that you have given us this sacrament for the very reason and for the sole purpose that we might live. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us faith to believe these words. And Lord, we pray that it would go to the nourishment of our bodies and to our souls. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you.
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. Is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assault of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sins and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first distribution hymn is 685, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, hymn 685.
The next hymn is My Song is Love Unknown, hymn 430, hymn 430.
our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life and is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Closing hymn is God Loves Me Dearly, hymn 392, verses 3 through 5. These radio broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. It has been our pleasure to bring this worship service to you from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray you have benefited spiritually from this service. Invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. That'll be Palm Sunday. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FrysatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.
very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors that are here to worship with us today. We are so very glad that you have been here to worship the Lord with us. We pray that your time here was a blessed one. Uh, just, again, another reminder that this Wednesday night is our last Wednesday night service for this Lent uh, before we begin with Palm Sunday uh, beginning next week, uh, next week Sunday. Uh, and I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week in this coming week. Thank you. 